Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening to In Traffic with Neil Rubenstein. I am your host, Neil Rubenstein, and today I'll be sitting in some crappy traffic talking to Remy Casimir, host of the podcast, How Come? an emergency. I was like, then hang up. No, no, I had to merge the calls. I had to, because I, I tap, I have like a, a tape call hey. app that uh-huh. uh, records the, uh, hi, hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm pretty good. I'm, uh, I'm glad this finally is happening. I know, me too. Is it okay that I'm on speakerphone? Uh, generally, No. Right, sounds, sounds like you're far away, but I mean, okay. you know. Oh, look, she sounds so much better now. Okay. Like a, you're like a whole different person. Woohoo. Of course, I'm next to a motorcycle. Can you know, please? Thank you. How you doing? I'm good. Just watching Lost in Space. What are you watching, Lost in Space? Yeah, there's a new one on Netflix. Yeah, it looked, uh, it looks good. Is it good? Yeah, I mean, it's okay. It's a little far-fetched, but that's lost in space. Far-fetched? I mean, it's it's science fiction, right? No, no, I know, I know. But it's, I don't know. They, like, it's just like how the dad treats the family. They don't seem like a family yet. Ah, okay. Well, he's like, science first. Uh, People can watch it themselves. How's the podcast going? Podcast is great. So it's about like for people who are listening because they listen to yes. mine. Oh, are we yours. recording? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're on. Oh, okay. Hi, everyone. I'm Remy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for people who don't know, so your podcast was like a quest for you to orgasm. To have an orgasm. Yeah. So the but then you had it. Called I did, yeah. Uh, so it was called. It's, it is called How Come, and the first six episodes, essentially, or five episodes, actually, I would have a guest and a guest co-host on, and uh, the guest co-host and I would interview the guest about their first time coming, and then they'd give me an assignment of something that I had to do, and so I followed those assignments, but obviously I went on like a bunch of other radio shows and podcasts and had a million conversations with people, um, and Will Winner actually. I was on The Good, The Dad, and The Ugly with him, Casey Salengo, and uh, Patrick Schroeder. And Will Winner was like, you need to use this thing called the Womanizer, which is a sex toy that sucks your clitoris. Um, so it's not vibration. It's literally just suction. And so I was like, all right, it's not one of the prescribed, uh, you know, guest assignments, but I really want to do it because it is like, he even told me, he was like, yeah, it's satisfaction guaranteed. And so then I went to Dayland and I asked them, I was like, is it really satisfaction guaranteed? They were like, yeah, if you use it three times, then you don't have an orgasm. Like, we will refund all your money and you, we'll just throw it away. And I was like, okay. So I did and literally, I mean, the first time I used it was just for like two seconds because I was really excited and then I had to record an episode. And then the second episode, I gave it like the real college try and it happened and it was like unreal. I cried. <laughs> You cried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, like, so uh, overwhelming. And it was all like, oh, my God, do I have to end the podcast now? But not really. 
what, what did you decide to do with the podcast? So now I'm just like trying to figure out other ways to do it myself, but more other ways that people are normally, you know, like, why are we so inhibited? How come we're not having these conversations and really trying to delve into more like of society's aspect in this whole thing? Because that's what I realized, like, it, it wasn't that I um, wasn't trying everything. It was that I wasn't having like really good, honest conversations with smart people, you know? So, okay, so I have two questions and I think they're going to go in different directions. One is, why are we relying on tools? You know what I mean? Like, what is it about the female orgasm that, like... I don't think that it... I think mine is very specific. Um, like, what I'm lear- what I have learned from the podcast is women especially, but men too, like, everyone is super different in what their erogenous zones are and, like, what gets them off and stuff and, like, even, like, type of kissing, like, versus where you want to be touched on your back. Like, there's just different triggers for different people. Like, I I think I just require this type of suction, whereas I know women who uh, it's like, no, just move to the right side. It's really just about being vocal when you do like something and encouraging yourself and your partner to go forward with that. Because you never know what your body's going to want until it gets there. You know? Yeah, but I, I don't like... think I don't think we're relying on tools at all. I think tools are a nice assistance to figure out what you want. Like I wouldn't have known that suction was the thing and now I can instruct my boyfriend, Hey, suck on you know, like I feel like a lot of women complain about not complain. I don't mean to say like you know, like not like it's a complaint, but I hear a lot <laughs> of women discussing the you know, the lack of orgasm. Yeah. Like, it, it seems to be a huge it's, topic currently, and I yeah, imagine it's huge. The history. Well, it's because, I mean, I'm just speaking for myself, but I imagine other women, too. Like, I didn't realize that so many women were coming because in, like, pop culture, like, it was such a big thing that women don't have orgasms, and so it just seemed like a myth to me. Um and then when I figured out that women are, because it's not like we were sitting around and all talking about masturbating. Masturbating when I was growing up, especially for a girl, was seen as like a really gross, dirty, like you were like a slutty, gross person, you know, and it didn't have like a very positive connotation. So nobody, if you were doing it, was talking about it with their friends. And I think that there's this big um, upheaval or like a big um, resurgence of women that are realizing, hey, we've been gypped, and we've been gypped because we haven't really been chatting about it. So the, the the talking is where it all starts. And I think it's both of our responsibilities, men and women. If Men can't know what to do unless we tell them. But we also won't tell them what to do if they don't seem receptive to listening, you know? And do you think this is, like, rooted deeper than just sexuality? Do you think this is rooted more in... Uh, society's, like, placement of... Yeah, of course. I mean, it's America. You know, like, we were built on puritanical society, um, and it's just kind of, like, silly, because I don't... Why? We we came here to escape religious persecution, and, and then the first thing that we did is set up this, like, thing that's like, oh, don't fuck or else you're disgusting. It's like, that's crazy. And, like, even politicians today are trying to police people's abortion rights and um availability to get um birth control and like they're they're trying to police people's sexual behavior when it's such a part of life 
you know, like have an orgasm, eat, <laughs> breathe, like that's life. Um, how come every how come every religion is anti women's satisfaction? That's not true, actually. In um in the Jewish religion it's actually considered a mitzvah uh for the man to have sex with his wife whenever she wants. And it's a double mitzvah oh. to do it on Shabbat. But I thought it was like uh the point of sex is for reproduction. The point of intercourse is for reproduction, for sure. But there's so many other ways to have sex. You know, and that's the thing that we don't think either, um, and why uh, a lot of women aren't having orgasms is because we're practicing intercourse instead of having sex, or the term that I hate, but it is a true thing, making love. You know, like when you're when you're making love to somebody, you're really supposed to be like trying to make them have a good time instead of like, oh, we're practicing to have a baby. How many times in your life are you actually going to have a baby? You know, most women, this is like an actual statistic, only 8% can come from just being penetrated in their vagina. So that's not, yes, only 8%. With no hands, nothing else, just a dick in your vag, only 8 women, 8% of women can come that way. Huh. Yeah. But another interesting thing is the reason that is, is... That is, but uh, the shape of the clitoris, like you think it's just like that little button in the hood, it goes so far back inside. Like I wish I could draw it for you. It kind of looks like it's like a triangle with then like a, like two arms sticking out, um, and that goes inside. So every orgasm is actually a clitoral orgasm. It's just being stimulated from a different place. So if if it's a uh... If it's an orgasm from penetration, it's just those two little arm guys. It's to the two little arm guys, like, like, sit lower. Yeah, exactly. You're the first person to get it so quickly. (laughs) It's it's because I understand the point, you know? Yeah, no, but it's just how, like, like certain people's anatomy, like, like, uh, are oriented. Like, some women, it's just like, oh, the arms are, like, further out. They're not actually touching where they're being penetrated. So, yeah. I've learned oh, a lot. Deep. I feel like they're a scientist arm? now. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you it so you can post it for your listeners. <laughs> I don't there's know. actually, um, there's this great brand. Or, <laughs> no, it's it's the anatomical. It's not like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you wouldn't even be, so there's this girl, uh, her name is Laura Kingsley, and she started this thing called Clitorosity to, um, bring awareness to what the actual organ looks like and she'll draw it on the street and people will stop and be like, what is that? Because it doesn't look like anything dirty. It's just like, I don't know, the inside of an ear. Right. Which is, you know, the smallest bone in the human body is uh, in the ear. The three smallest bones, yes. Yeah, that's the stape, the stirrup, right? Something else? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sure. I'm I'm only a child of doctors. I don't I don't remember my biology that well, except for vagina stuff. I'm like a master in now. <laughs> did you art, like Did you go to school for that? Were you like a no zero percent? Uh, I went for art and architectural history. Then I became a comedian. I have no medical ability except for that. My dad was a dermatologist, and my mom's a school nurse. Dermatologist, your dad? Skin, yeah, skin doctor. Ah, yeah, I like those guys. I have a good, I have a good one. I got a roll. They're, they're great. 
What um, what did you go to school for? Sexual what? Art and architectural history. Art and architectural history. Yeah. I think it's an art and sexual history. I was like, that's a weird course. That is, I mean, it would be a good course. There's a lot of sexual art. I'm actually doing an episode soon with two female artists that do a lot of uh, sex in their work. Are they the girls that uh, shoot paint out of their... Uh, no, 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 no. They're like uh, verifiable, good artists. I mean, I'm not saying those women aren't good artists, but these yeah, people are like in galleries and stuff. Other? Yeah, who's to say that the lady shouldn't be out of her vagina is not a good artist? You don't, you know? I, she very well could be. I've just never heard of her work. Uh, I get, I get, uh, what's the word? I get defensive when people question other people's art. None of your, oh, yeah. None of your business. You don't like it? None of your business. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying, I can't judge it. I've not seen it. Well, okay. I mean, I'm sure it's, you know, it's sure it's what it sounds well, like. Well, I also get judgmental of people that, like, put, like, a piece of fucking hair on a paper and then they call it art. And I'm just like, oh, shove up your ass. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, there is creativity, but also there's lazy shit where you could just be like, I'm going to fake it and give it a meaning. Because people know that they can trick other people into thinking, yeah, this has meaning, this has value, just because I fake so. That's why I didn't get into art, because so so much of it is subjective. But it, yeah, but isn't it, doesn't it have meaning if I think it has meaning? I mean, not to, like, get off on a tangent, but I, I like, I'm a big... I'm I like think a, certain I, things do have meaning, but I also think there are artists, currently especially, after postmodern art, uh, who know that the only quality art needs to have is for it to have a nebulous meaning and they can attribute that whether it actually came to them or not you know what i mean hmm. yeah but i don't know because i related to music because like uh i used to be like pretty heavily involved in music so mm-hmm. like i might hate a band or a song or think they're garbage but it's not up to me you know yeah it's not, if they if they think what they're doing is valuable, then they have every right to create it. You know. You yeah. Can't, you can't say what they know or don't know. You know. I I feel like I can make my own opinion on it though, just the way that I can yeah. watch an open micer and be like, "Don't like yeah. you. Stop talking about Hitler." <laughs> yeah. Right, and not, I don't want to be a part of this. I don't need to listen to it. I don't. You know, I don't want to. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, so much of it is subjective. And, and, like, it's not like comedy that's, like, very democratic where it's, like, okay, there's a bunch of people in a room. Like, are we laughing or are we not laughing? Like. <laughs> yeah, it's democratic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, it's one guy who, like, is wearing a turtleneck and he's looking at this thing and he goes, hmm. And so then 20 people behind him go, hmm. And then nobody knows, you know, and then it has this, like, fake Oh well, we all understand, but we're not going to say that we don't because uh, we might be stupid then. Uh, yeah, I guess you know, I get that. Yeah, it's uh, more about like the the culture of art than the artist. I mean, I'm also a huge uh, contrarian, so like, if you were if you were holding my stance, I'd be like, nah, fuck that, music's stupid. Oh, that's like my mom. My mom's from Massachusetts, but she lives in New York. 
And whenever she's in New York, she loves the Red Sox. And whenever she's in Massachusetts, she loves the Yankees. <laughs> she just likes uh, to be, yeah, yeah. his aunt. Like to rouse some rabble. Yeah. What's your sign that that's the way you are? Yeah, um, Pisces. Oh, very nice. Pisces are great. Is that, is that a thing? I my guess a Pisces. Super rational. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty rational. But I'm yeah. also, like, totally irrational sometimes. Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah. If you let the emotions take over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get real, real, uh, I don't know. I have, like, a feeling I need to explore some childhood things. Because there's, like, I don't know. Every time I think about it in depth, I've, like, come up with some new thing where I'm like, oh, maybe that's it. Maybe that's why I'm a, a mess or maybe that's why I block out huge... No, you're a mess because you're a human being and we're all a mess. <laughs> yeah, but some people whole... fake it way better. <laughs> I know, but that's the whole thing. That's what you don't realize for the longest time. It's like, oh, wait, they're lying. They're fucking lying. Like, even, like, adults. Like, I don't believe adults are a thing. It's just children who are faking better. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but there's, there's something there's in people maturity and age. But it's like nobody ever knows. Like when you realize that your parents are just humans and they don't know everything, it's like what the fuck? Yeah, but there's a uh, uh, more of this. There's. Like, people have a gland that allows them to function like everyone else. Mm-hmm. And I am missing that gland. No. Be it nostalgia, be it uh, uh, regular, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, basic, uh, what's the word when you, like, go to work every day? Routine. A work ethic? No, I have a strong work ethic. I just go to an office from 9 to 6. Like, I can't. I'm missing the gland that allows me to just go work for someone and just fall in line and take orders. Oh, well, you and every other comic. We can't take orders. But I'm also missing, like, I'm missing so many of those glands. Like, I'm missing so many of the normal people glands. Serotonin? Well, yeah, serotonin, chlorophyll, the um, the the nostalgia gland. I'm like hugely lacking in that. People, oh, you don't like nostalgia? I'm so into nostalgia. If I smell love the smell that reminds me of my childhood, I lose my shit. No, that maybe that might be. You know, sometimes I do that. You know, like oh, like I like root beer because it reminds me of like playing in the dirt. But mm. like, um, like a reunion, a band reunion, and everyone's like, "Ah, oh, so psyched that they're back." No, they were—they're not going to be as good. I know they're not going to be as good. It's not going to be as fun, and being there is not going to be as fun. And you know, they're not going to sound as good, and they're not as into it as they were. This is not great. This is the opposite of great. Or well, you know, that just sounds like pessimism. No, because it's not pessimism. Because like, I'll still it's realistic. 
the only way I can defend this is with a specific example, and it's like a, okay. it's like a weird like it's. I went to see Drive Like Jehu recently. I had seen them. What is it? A band called Drive Like Jehu. Okay. I, I had seen them in the nineties. I love all their future endeavors. I go to see all their bands, and then they got back together and played a show, played a couple of shows. And I went to one of the shows, and I knew it wasn't going to be as good because you know it, it, it can't be. It can't be as good as it was in '93. It's an impossibility. Or '94, whatever it was. And it wasn't. It was terrible. They played horribly. Um, but I had fun. I had a great time because I love all the songs. So even hearing the songs done poorly was fun for me. And I was at a great venue and I was with great people and I had a very good time. That sounds great. But, but, but other people were like, oh, they were so good. And it was like, no, your nostalgia <laughs> gland is saying they were so good. They were awful, objectively terrible, but okay. it was fun. I'm not saying you can't have fun. I can have fun, but it's not the nostalgia when it's having fun. It's the current, I'm in the moment that I'm having fun. Right. Does that make sense? But, so yes, there was the another band that had a reunion. Allowed you all to get there and have the fun. But wasn't it still a great experience? Say again? I said, the nostalgia gland is the reason that all of you were triggered and been like, oh, yeah, we should get together and go see this. And then that allowed for the fun. No, my nostalgia gland, that wasn't why I went. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't go for nostalgia. I went because I want to hear the song. You went for so pussy? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I went because I wanted to search out the female orgasm. I was, yeah. I heard that's going to be here. Uh, um, no. I, I don't know. I, I'm missing a bunch of normal people things is what I'm saying. And I, I feel like, I feel yeah, like maybe, maybe that doesn't make me that different from some other people in my circle, but that's how we ended up in this circle. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. But I always, there's this movie called Halloween Town that was on Disney Channel when I was growing up. And the grandmother in it always, she said this quote that, like, it was, like, my yearbook quote. And it is, being normal is vastly overrated. Like, wh who wants to be a normal? I don't want to be fucking run-of-the-mill. Like, don't, you want to be yeah. special. Yeah. And, like, special requires some personal turmoil sometimes. And that, like, whenever I'm, like, super depressed, and I battle with depression hard, um, but I'm on Lexapro now, so I'm complete. Uh, but I always think about when I'm having, like, really deep moments that I'm just like, oh, well, all right, nobody did anything worth doing without having to go through some really, you know, annoying shit or deep shit. But doesn't, like, sometimes don't you want to just be normal? Yes, yeah, sometimes. But then, like, I didn't fit into that world for a re you know? So... I'm not normal, so let me find something where I can, feel, like, I don't think I've ever felt better when I'm on comics. Get me. And most Say again, you, you never felt normal when? I've never felt, I never felt normal growing up. Like, I, I was always like, like, I feel so weird, and being weird wasn't fun, whereas with, um, with comics, I'm doing something weird, they think that's fantastic. 
you know? So I feel like you just have to acknowledge your weirdness and, and like, appreciate it and find people who appreciate it, too. That's what's been so cool about this podcast. I thought I was a fucking freak. Like, first I thought no one was coming. Then the second I realized people were coming, I was like, oh, my God, everyone's coming and no one's talking, like, about the girls who aren't because we don't exist. And I had, like, a full breakdown because I didn't want to launch the podcast. I was like, I'm gonna, people are going to think I'm, a, I'm weird and gross and, ter- like, and dis- dis- like salty and um, all that stuff. And the second I started it, like, I, I got fan mail day two um, from a girl in Michigan who's 22 and was like, I have the same problem. No one ever talks about this. Like, thank you so much. Um and, yeah, it's been really awesome, like, having this, like, dialogue with people who are having similar problems or different problems or just being like, hey, we all have problems. Let's acknowledge it and talk about it instead of, like, stuffing it down and then, like, making it worse, you know? Yep, that was the episode with Remy Casimir from How Come Podcast. Uh, it, uh, it cut out. It cut out, and then I tried calling it back. It took me, like, a month and a half. No, it took me since January to get her on to begin with. So uh, getting her to get back on the phone just to wrap it up would have uh, probably exhausted me and maybe probably caused it on a car accident or something. What happened was I had made a wrong turn because uh, for some reason my phone doesn't let me use navigation while I am on the phone. Uh, so I could, I made a wrong turn, then it was a dead spot, and I went through the dead spot, dropped the call, my GPS kicked back in, and was like, dummy, supposed to turn back there, so I made a U-turn, and the time I took to tur- U-turn, I called her back, got her, then I went back through that dead zone, lost her, then I tried her again, couldn't get her, uh, I'm just gonna assume She's back to her busy life, um, and uh, I am but a memory, a mere memory that she will uh, purge herself of expeditiously. All right, but thanks for listening. Uh, Here's the jingle. Yeah. <laughs>